0: Welcome to the CPG Academy. I'm your host, Austin Grozier and we're here to talk about all things CPG. What is up, guys? Austin Grozier here with Big Dipper Dope, and you are listening to the CPG Academy. So today we are talking numbers. We're talking margin. We're talking markup. We're talking food costs. Get out your pen and paper be sure to talk slow we got a lot to discuss so I've mentioned before I've been in business four and a half years and I wish I could say that this wasn't true but it was probably two years in business before I realized or I was told or explained that there's a difference between margin and markup I know that it probably sounds like the dumbest thing you've ever heard but it's the truth. I thought for the longest time the two words were interchangeable, and they are not. Now, margin is pretty much like solely what's used, at least in grocery, uh, in convenience stores, any of the more traditional, where you make a package of whatever with your brand, you put it on the shelf, it's pretty much always talked about with margin. There is a markup. I'll explain the equation for that. It's kind of super simple. It's really not used much. Some of the older school guys might use it, but almost everybody talks on margin pretty much exclusively. And then the third is food cost. But food cost is a food service term and it's typically where your product is part of as a raw ingredient and whether that be a burger or a salad or whatever restaurants, restauranteurs, restaurant owners talking food cost so let's start at the top, so I'll be sure to talk slow write this down, so margin most retail operates with margin operates on margin, the margin equation is simple so if you're gonna write it out, it's like open bracket open parenthesis, I should say it first, it's sell price minus buy price divided by sell price. So how you'd write this out would be like a open bracket, sell price. Let's say our sell price is let's make it easy, it's two dollars. So two dollars. Then minus whatever the buy price is, whatever you bought it for. Or in your if you're the manufacturer, of course, in your case, what you made it for, what you delivered it for. So sell price is two dollars. Let's say it cost you a dollar to make it. So two dollars minus one dollar, what does that equal? equals a dollar. Where it's open parenthesis, sell price minus buy price, close parenthesis. It's $1 in the parenthesis. If it's been a while since you've been in school, write it out. It's probably easier to look at than it is for me, to, than it is just to listen to me. Then divided by sell price. So then it's in this equation 2 minus 1 is 1. 1 less than the sell price is 2. 1 divided by 2 is 50%. So in this equation, we bought something or we manufactured something for a dollar and we sold it for two. So that gives us a margin of 50%, which is a healthy, healthy margin. In the second example, we'll talk markup. Now where margin is basically the percentage of the profit made on a sale, markup is basically the percentage increase from the buy price, or from the manufacture price to the sell price so the equation for that is sell price minus buy price divided by buy price now if you notice that's different where margin is sell price minus buy price divided by sell price so if we can sell it for two buy it for, yeah buy it for one and make it for one where margin is two minus one divided by two markup is sell price minus buy price divided by buy price right so two two minus one is one divided by two so in the same situation we have a 50 percent margin and that's a hundred percent markup now those two line up nice and easy but as you get lower get higher or gonna uneven numbers they get a little more funky in terms of how they uh how they line up together. So you can like look at margin markup calculation and there's all kinds of tables online that says if you have a x amount markup then it'll be this this margin or this margin will be this markup. And you can go back and forth either way. But again, to go through it one one more time. Margin is almost what you use exclusively with grocery, with convenience, with anything where you're making the products And it's in your packaging and it's going on your B2B customer shelf or in their case or wherever. And then the consumer is buying it still in the same packaging you made it in with your brand on it. It's all margin. Markup's are never used, but again, it's important to understand. And then lastly, it's food cost. So this is, again, primarily only used in food service. And this is where a person typically is taking your product... And using it as a raw ingredient to then produce something else, that could be tomatoes for a salad, cookie dough for ice cream sundae, vanilla for cookies, whatever it is. It's similar to markup, but it is different. So, where, uh, where where both margin and markup is the, sell price minus the buy price. Food cost. Is the buy price divided by the sell price again it's buy price divided by the sell price so let's say we bought something for a dollar uh, as a rest or as a restaurant here we're gonna sell a scoop of ice cream all right, so we're gonna sell a scoop of ice cream or in our case let's going to sell a scoop of big dipper dough cookie dough. How about that? So we're gonna sell a scoop of big dipper dough cookie dough so that serving costs us, the restaurant here a dollar. Say a dollar a pound, a dollar serving, however you want to say it. And we're going to sell it for four dollars for the same serving. So we buy it for one, we sell it for four, or it's one divided by four. And if you do one divided by four, that gives you a food cost of 25%. Now I can tell you that typically restaurants work off of a 300% markup which would be equivalent to a food cost of 33.3%. I hope it's starting to make some sense. Again, where restaurants typically work off of a 300% markup, that works out to a food cost of 33.3%. So again, we talked about margin, we talked about markup, we talked about food cost. And so next starting to talk about kind of what margin your customers want to see and we'll probably touch on to what kind of margin you should be hitting so an important piece to discuss is the reason why stores like walmart and kroger and aldi and those kind of guys can hit such a low price every day is that they're buying directly from the manufacturer so where the smaller stores, the smaller, whether it's a chain or your local mom and pop store, they're buying from a distributor. So with the big guys, Walmart and Kroger, they have their own warehouses. They have their own semi trucks and trailers. They have their own warehouse staff. I mean, they, they own all of that. So as a manufacturer, you're selling directly to their warehouse. So they're buying from you so you'll ship a pallet to one of their distribution centers they'll then break that pallet up they'll then put that on their own trucks and then ship that to whatever stores they're going to on their own trucks so you ship to a walmart distribution center They, they send them a couple pallets they break those down three pallets go to the store here or excuse me three cases go to the store here four cases go to the store there and then once they get to the store, obviously the product gets uncased, it goes on the shelf, and a person buys it. So the only place Walmart actually makes money, unless they charge you for delivery, which is a whole nother topic, but the only place that they're making money is at that sale. So the rest of that is cost for them, but because they're buying it so much cheaper, because they're cutting out the middleman, they're able to deliver a far superior cost. Now the opposite... I'm sure you guys can see where we're kind of going with this. The opposite is working with the distributor. And so with the smaller guys, I mean, your local mom and pop shop, you know, they don't do enough business to support having a warehouse and a staff and also committing to buying, you know, a, let's say a truckload, you know, let's say 40,000 pounds of toilet paper or 40,000 pounds of butter. You know, they don't have the, they, they can't do that much volume. So they work with distributors. So a distributor is a third-party company. It's a for-profit third-party company that basically acts like, in our case, in like as the Walmart logistics or Kroger logistics. Or with the distributor, right? Uh, you as a manufacturer, you sell the distributor. Sometimes full pallets, sometimes less than pallets. Sometimes it's a you know a pallet with a couple different items on it. You sell them this just to whatever distribution center you're selling to. And like the big distributors, at least that I've really seen, um for the smaller guys, there's are gonna be regional distributors, but the three bigger ones is uh K E H E, Unify, which is U N F I and D P I. Right, they're all they're all letters, <laughs> their names, so they're easy to say, easy to spell. And then um you do have your more local distributors, especially in grocery, and there's something like three thousand food service distributors around the country. The biggest being Cisco, they do something like sixty billion dollars a year. The second biggest being U.S. Foods, they do something like I think the mid mid forty billions. So I mean huge volume. Then you get down to your local, uh, any local market. You know New York City, Philadelphia, Chicago, Detroit will have smaller local distributors for food service as well or at least in grocery, from what I've seen, most of those have been bought up. And most, again, grocery is either owned by the stores themselves, it is Kahee, Unify, or DPI. Another real big distributor is c So C-A-N-D, C-AND-S. And with the distributors, you sell them direct. You sell to them, they then take the product, and they buy it from you, and they then resell it to the grocery stores. So when you resell in Walmart and Kroger, you sell them directly to them. Kroger is only make they're only making money when they actually sell the product out the door. Where with the distributors, they are buying it, they are marking it up, they are making margin. It's usually somewhere with their big customers, they may make somewhere like seven to eight percent margin. With their tiny customers, which is again why the the mom and pop shops suffer. They might make 40% margin. So they're making a lot more money because they're selling a lot less products. But then the small mom and pop shop that has to make margin on it. And so then the product ends up costing, you know, twice as much as it does at Walmart. So then the distributor sells it. They make their money to the store. The store then buys it and then resells it. Cool. I hope that all makes sense. Now, margin, it varies by customer. With our our cookie dough, I can tell you that typically, I hope I don't get in any trouble for, for saying any of this stuff. I hope I'm not breaking trade secrets, but, you know, we want to uh, try to share the knowledge that I wish I had. So in grocery, uh, you know, typically in a dairy case, uh, they want to make 30 to 35 percent, sometimes higher. Well, I mean, of course, if they can make higher, they want to. Typically, the margin for the grocery stores and the dairy case is 30 to 35%. If you can offer a higher margin, it seems to be best practice to do so, as again, then the store makes more money, makes more profit per sale, and that could be a big differentiator between you and other products. I can tell you that, say, in a freezer case, um, ice creams and frozen pizzas and things, and again, if anybody's listening to this and, like, I'm dead wrong please reach out. I'm only sharing what I've what I've understood everything to be so far. But let's say in a freezer case, you know, they typically want to hit about a 40% margin. 40% or higher, I should say. And then with dry products, and this isn't grocery, so, you know, toilet paper, paper towel, cleaning supplies, you know, crackers, cookies, they typically want to be making at least a margin of 50%. So, I mean, again, if you sell it to them for 10 bucks, they're selling it for 20 bucks, whatever it might be. With concessions, mostly with convenience, typically, and I've seen this all over the place, we don't do a ton in the convenience space yet, so I don't have the perfect number for you, but typically in convenience, I'd say they usually want to hit between 40 to 50%. And I will say with all of these customers, if you say start off shoot high, and you know, budget in from the start, all right, it costs us a to, to dollar to get it delivered, then and you, you budget in the higher margin, that way you can figure out you know, what, obviously you have to make margin, and you have to figure out you know, what the retailer might, might, ultimately the shelf price might be, and you gotta make sure it's a reasonable enough price that the consumer will actually buy it. You know, If you're selling a product for five bucks, there's an equivalent product on the shelf for five bucks, you're trying to sell it for 15, I mean, you have to have a really compelling story of why they should buy it for 15 Now, I'm not an expert on that, and so I won't speak to that. I know it can be done, at least with some products. Um, but yeah, you have to have a compelling story for that. And you have to understand when you're pricing it out to usually price on the high side. So for grocery, you know refrigerated, let's say 35%, frozen, let's say 40%, and in dry, let's say 50%. For convenience, let's say 50%. So I know oftentimes they seem, to, they seem to be good with like 40% margin. And then like let's say like with movie theaters, for example, so they can be up to a 75% margin. Last but not least, with food cost. So the typical kind of markup is 300%, which is one third. So the typical food cost is like 33.3%. At least that's what I've heard, or what I've read online, I should say. But then, like, from what I've heard from folks in the industry, I mean, if you're selling food service, you typically want to be getting to your customers, like, a food cost of, like, 25%. Like, 2-5. So, if they're selling it for a dollar, they're buying it for, for 25 cents. If they're selling it for $4, they're buying it for a dollar. And last but not least, your margin. Now, your margin... It varies wildly all over the place. Um, I can only really speak on what I know our margins are and what I know other folks that I have friends with in the space, you know, kind of what their margins are. It varies wildly. Of course you want to hit the highest margin that you can, but you also need to make sure that your price pricing the products where people actually buy it. I feel a mistake that we made big dipper is we started off yeah definitely trying to play the premium game and i mean doing an okay job at it but we were priced so much higher than everybody else that i mean it just it hurt (laughs) and we we struggle with sales and we've recently kind of gone through some price changes and updates and have seen sales correspondingly increase and more customers interested because of that now And i hope i won't get in trouble for mentioning names and mentioning brands but for example uh, jenny's ice cream i think they're nationwide i know they're selling throughout the midwest but jenny's ice cream i mean they still sell a pint of ice cream for a lot or you can buy a pint of ben and jerry's for like four or five bucks Uh, i think jenny's is like twice as much but people pay it and they move a lot of they move a lot of ice cream because they really hit they built that cult following they really hit the high margin and if you can do it, again, I know it's possible. I'm not an expert on it. It's absolutely what you want to do. Now, as for your margin, it varies wildly. You know, the basic premise of this business is, I mean, we're a penny business, right? We might be talking 100% margin. We might be talking 50% margin. We might be talking a 1,000% margin. But if we're only selling a product for two dollars three dollars four dollars we're not talking much money i mean 40 percent of four dollars is a dollar right so like understand that your margin basically is like your gross profit you know your your profit after your cogs after your below the line expenses before your below the line expenses So again, you want it to be as healthy as you can because you need every dollar you can to cover all of your operating costs, all of your overhead, all of your below-the-line expenses. But, and there's a big but, you can't have it so high that you don't sell any product, you don't make any money. It's a double-edged sword. And there's no right or wrong. I can tell you that generally speaking, like if you can hit... 40% A 40% margin or higher as a manufacturer, so it costs you a dollar to make the widget You're selling it for four or it costs you 25 cents to make and you're selling it for a dollar Then you're doing really well. If you can go higher, then you're doing even better If you And again, there's a number of variables if you have a lower overhead like let's say you're using a Copac or using a Coleman then your overhead costs, your rent, and over, below the line expenses, your labor costs are all significantly less. So you can say you typically will then work off of a smaller margin. I would say the absolute bottom is 20%. You really never want to go under 20%. We, not you really never. You never want to go under 20%. And I think a lot of businesses in the space typically are operating somewhere between like twenty-five and thirty-five. I think a lot of businesses if they're using a co-man, using a co-packer, are typically operating between twenty-five and thirty percent, and that a lot of businesses that they're producing themselves are typically somewhere between thirty to thirty-five percent. Now there's a million variables, do not take those words as rule of law. Uh, that's just simply what I've gathered and I honestly wish that I have had this information from the start um, it's not readily available it's not really be able to found online so I hope this podcast has brought you guys value I hope you've been able to follow along, made a lot of notes and until next time guys, Austin out that was super cheesy, <laughs> thank you Thank you all for listening to the CPG Academy. Our ask is simple. If this podcast brought you any value, please share it with a friend. Whether in business or in CPG, we hope to be able to bring them value too. We'd love to hear from you guys, to answer any questions you might have, or to discuss any topics you might want to talk about. If you think you'd be, if you think you'd be a good guest for the show, or you think you know somebody that would be, please shoot us an email or shoot me a text. My email is Austin at the cpgacademy.com and my phone number is 231-883-6035 thank you all have a great night